What the hell is the name of this book? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, crown number one. Barry Horn. He tried to get me in mid-chew. Hello again, everybody, and welcome into the Ballsy Cowboys Broken Back Edition. I'm Evan Grant of the Dallas Morning News, joined by Barry Horn. Thanks, thanks for letting me speak for myself, Evan. Hi, and Kevin Sherrington. Hello. How do you say uh, hello in Portuguese? Um, hola. <laughs> Let's get right to the big stuff, Barry. Thank you for trying to drag this out. We've got David Moore to talk about. Dak Prescott, Tony Romo, transverse processes, L1 vertebrae, all kinds of backs and bones and, and uh, other stuff. Let's go right to the star. David, uh, tell me everything's going to be okay. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? How about that Tony Romo guy? How's his back? Well, uh, depends on who you talk to. In the, in the world Jason Garrett lives, it's day to day, even though he's in a back brace and he refuses to rule him out for the opener. In the world in which medical science exists, uh, he has an L1 compression fracture. Uh, you're looking at six weeks minimum, anywhere from six to ten week time frame. Uh, Dak Prescott, your fourth round pick for the Cowboys, a player that the Cowboys viewed as a developmental pick, and even going into this month, the expectation was that he would be the number three quarterback, and there was no intention of playing him this season. He will now be your day one starter against the New York football Giants. But don't you feel like the reason why Jason Garrett doesn't say that Tony Romo is out is simply just to, to keep that problem for the for the Giants, you know, that, the, okay, we still have to prepare for Tony Romo a little bit, and, you know, just, just enough to distract them some. That's, that's, all, that's the only game he's playing here, isn't it? Well, I don't even know that the, that the Giants would bite on that. Uh, when a guy has a compression fracture, look – from my understanding of, of medical science, which is which is certainly limited, but my understanding is bone does not heal in less than six weeks. If you have a fracture of a bone, there's no way you can accelerate its healing. It's going to be six weeks. It's not a ligament. Uh, you don't have a little bit of, of, of area where you can say, okay, you can accelerate this, or, or, or maybe you can come back a little sooner. It takes six weeks for bone to heal. So there's just not a scenario where Tony Romo is going to play the opener. And really, Jason Garrett is the only one publicly who's taking that stance. Did, um, did, you know, Scott Linehan has informed Dak Prescott he's going to start the opener. Jerry and Stephen Jones say that Dak Prescott is going to start the opener. Prescott will be the opening day starter. Did, didn't Jason go so far as to say that Tony has played with a similar injury before? Yes, he did say that. He did say that. He says he's played with a fracture in his back. Now, that was a transverse process, which is not a vertebra. Um, so he did play. He did come back. He missed only one game uh, when he fractured his transverse process and uh, two years ago and was able to do that. But... This is not a transverse process. This is an L1 vertebra compression. You are a doctor, so, David. Doctor David. So, David, what does this do to the Cowboy offense? Uh, can Dak can Dak run this offense in the regular season? Everybody has been so enamored by what they've seen during the preseason. Does that translate to the regular season performance? I think it translates to some extent. Now, what's going to happen in your third? 
third, fourth, fifth game when teams get a better idea of what Prescott can and can't do. Uh, remember that the reason he was viewed as a developmental player is because he was coming from a system in college that really doesn't isn't close to the system the Cowboys run. Uh, now he's shown he, he's picked it up very quickly and is, and is shown to be adept at it uh, in the preseason. Uh, and, and as he said, you know, you know, I don't care if when asked about well, you're you're facing vanilla defenses. I believe he said, you know, I don't care if they're vanilla or rocky road, you still have to go out there and execute against them. Uh, you will see more sophisticated defenses going forward. There's no question about that. But I don't think you can minimize what he's done in the preseason. I mean, he's looked so good uh, that, that he's accelerated his timetable on the confidence they had in him. Hey, look, if you went back to the start of this month and said, you're going to lose Tony Romo and Kellen Moore, are you ready to turn this thing over to Dak Prescott? The the answer would have been a definitive and quick no. We've got to get a backup in here uh, to turn you know to to have uh, to turn this offense over to this guy isn't ready. He has shown with his preparation, his approach, and his performance that he deserves the chance to start and is ready to to you know be there opening day. That being said. What sort of positions are they going to put him in? Uh, I think they're going to hammer in, you know, hammer on him time and time again. Look, don't take too much on yourself. I think they're going to structure a game plan where they're only going to want him to throw 18 to 22 times a game. They're going to minimize his exposure uh, to the to reading defenses and what he has to do. But they've been very encouraged by what he's done to this point. And one thing I would point out very quickly is, you know, a lot of times with with rookie quarterbacks, when you see them excel, they develop a rapport with one or two receivers and go to that guy over and over and over again. You haven't seen that with Dak Prescott. He's really taking the read and, and going wherever the reads dictate. And I think that's the biggest surprise in the in the building here at the Star that the coaching staff has, that how quickly he's been able to adapt to this offense and go through its progression. He's much more advanced in that area than any of them felt he would be at this stage. But, David, they will be bringing in a veteran quarterback, won't they, uh, soon? Yeah, yeah, they'll be bringing in a veteran quarterback because, uh, again, what you know, you, you lose him, are, are you going to turn this season over to Jameel Showers? Uh, there's no way you would do that early. So they are uh, – they, they were very clear once the, the injury news on, on Tony Romo came out that, one, Dak Prescott was the starter – Two, they were searching for a veteran, and that veteran would be to back up that Prescott, not to play ahead of him. Who, who are you putting your money on? Uh, well, the, I'm putting money on the cheapest option. I really think that's what they're going to do. You could see, you could see by their approach in the off season. You know, they were unwilling. They had Matt Moore in for a visit, uh, the Miami backup quarterback. And he left the building and re-signed with Miami for a two-year deal for $3.1 million. So they weren't willing to offer a backup much more than $1.5 million a year in the offseason. I don't think that's really changed now. So it's going to be a guy that they can get as inexpensive as possible. You know what I just crossed my mind, David, is this possibility to bring pop culture into everything is – there's a very real possibility that a guy who took a team to the Super Bowl as a starting quarterback 
is going to be available uh, before the first week of the season. Um, would the Cowboys make a play if the 49ers cut Kaepernick? Um, I don't know that he really fits this system and what they're doing. Um, you also have some other issues with Kaepernick and Allen. What, like what, David? Uh, which is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, you know, I, I, they're going to view this in my mind. I think they feel that, look, they're, they're not overly excited about any of the options out there. If they were, one, they would have moved more quickly in the offseason when Kellen Moore went down to find one. Uh, the fact they didn't and, and was actually the best thing for them because they were able to see Prescott develop beyond what they anticipated. So I, I'm not sure that you – know, I guess maybe, maybe they would be willing to give up a seventh-round pick that can move to a sixth uh, to get a guy – before he hits the waiver wire over the weekend, just to make sure uh, if they like him enough. But but I think they're going to be content just to sit back and go, you know what, a lot of these teams uh, aren't going to go with three quarterbacks. They're going to cut a veteran. Um, maybe Josh McGowan does pop out there and, and we sign him and bring him in. I, I think Josh McGowan would be the guy they like to have. Now, is Cleveland just going to cut him or are they going to trade him for minimal value, and if they traded him for minimal value, I think they would they would listen to that because, from from what I can tell, I think they he, they believe he's probably as as good of an option as any veteran backup out there that can be had. Well, the general assumption on Cleveland is that they'll do the stupidest thing possible. Go ahead, Kevin. Oh my gosh! Sure. Listen, here's here's the situation that I don't understand with Jerry Jones, who seems to reinvent himself every year as a general manager, is that. He brought in Kyle Orton, and how much did how much did he pay Kyle Orton when he had him here? Was that four million? Yeah, that was a pretty good. Yeah, that was a pretty good chunk of change. And, and so, and, and Kyle Orton comes in and plays and plays pretty well for him. In, in the in the, he was the last good backup quarterback that they that he had on this team. And then he just decides, you know what? No, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to pay for our, our backup quarterback anymore. And, and now at a time, especially when it's what four years later, and Tony Rumble's more brittle than he than he's ever been before. That nah, nah, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't, I don't want to pay that kind of money for for a backup for an insurance policy. You, you, Even you, though he's you, got an incredibly brittle quarterback now, right? That's what, I, that's what I'm it, saying. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. How can you? The, four years ago, you thought this was a good idea to bring this guy in, and it was right. a good idea. It was he 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 performed very well, or at least adequately, when you brought him in as the backup quarterback. And now, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Which anymore. I think brings us to the most important question going forward is. You know, go, can you at all count on Tony Romo going forward? You know, even when he comes back from this, can you – do you have any feel that Tony Romo can consistently go out there week in and week out? It was one hit in the preseason. I'm, I'm not sure how you can feel confident that that's going to take place. Uh, when a guy is unable – when a guy says he feels as good as he has at any point over the last three to four years – and a really innocuous-looking play knocks him out uh, for that long of a period. Uh, I mean, I don't know how he can't look. When the Cowboys open the regular season this year against the Giants in a couple of weeks, it will be with their fifth different starting quarterback in the last 15 games. Wow. Uh, they've got to get some continuity at the position. Um, and, and this is going to be... You know, everyone's focusing on how this plays out uh, initially, and, and Prescott is going to go in there, and you're talking about what veteran backup do you bring in here. 
Uh, all of those are valid concerns, and those are front burner questions at the moment. But the larger question is, there's no doubt in my mind that Tony Romo is going to be back on this roster this season, and he will come back at a time where, at least technically, he can play more games this season than Dak Prescott. How is that going to play out once he does return? Right. So, but here, here's the deal with Tony. If Dak plays well and Tony comes back, that's not a plus for Tony. If Dak plays poorly and Tony comes back and the, and the team is, is the record. It's not a plus for the Cowboys. The, the, the record is not good and it's not a plus for Tony either. Tony is in a no-win situation here, isn't he, going forward? Well, it's in a difficult situation, yeah, because, I mean, uh, you always put the team first. And if, and if when he's ready to come back and play, if this team is 4-2 or 5-2, and two or, or, or five and two, something at that level, um, depending on how they got there, are you just going to put him back in immediately and say, uh, you're our quarterback? Uh, there are a lot of factors to consider at that point. I know everyone wants to say, would you do it or would you not? I don't think it's always that simple because you also have to factor in how is the team winning at that point. Are they winning because of what Dak Prescott is doing or are they winning in spite of Dak Prescott to get to that stage? So there, there are other factors to look at other than just the record. So but, I, I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking of our headline writers here now. So you're saying there's a possibility – that if Tony comes back and Dak is Wait, playing Barry, well. Wait, how do you subscribe to this podcast? <laughs> Evan, I'm making a great point here. Wow, you, you know would ask for the subscription level but one no, time. So, so you're saying, so David Moore, you're saying that there's a possibility that Tony Romo could, is this a dumb be, and dumber question? could be healthy and not return as the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Is that what you're saying, David Moore? Yes or no? I believe Jason Garrett would be doing a grave disservice to the team, and the team is always, always takes priority over any individual. If something was building beyond mere execution, if you were having a, a, a chemistry and an energy and a buy-in and something special developing at that stage, why would you make a move at that stage? Why not let it play out? Now, all of this being said, is Jason Garrett the sort from what we know of his temperament and approach, that he would not turn it over to Tony. I, I think his inclination, his very strong inclination, would be, okay, Tony's been proven in this league. We're still just developing Dak Prescott. This thing's going to be even better with Tony. Let's turn it back over to Tony now. But I think that would be a very interesting and detailed discussion with all of the uh, Cowboys' front office if this team is in a good position when Tony Romo, Romo comes back. Kevin, well, I think both you and I have strong opinions on this. You go ahead first. Well, he's, there's no way that Jason Garrett doesn't start Tony Romo when he comes back. He's in love with Tony. And so, and, and I think you're right, David. I think he should consider the, the possibility that maybe we should roll with Dak Prescott if he's playing well. There's no way he doesn't do that. And he will, he will start Tony Romo. But I, I haven't go ahead. What's your, what's your opinion? No, and I, I think that I think that you absolutely, from my from my perspective, you look at this and with the with the one exception that Dak Prescott goes out and has rookie of the year MVP type six weeks, you look at what you get from Dak Prescott and you say, "Holy cow! What a great learning experience this was for him. We've got a great leader now coming back. He held down the fort." Let's give it back to Tony. Right. And if he gets hurt, then you go. You, you certainly go back to Dak, and he's got six games or five games, whatever he's got, 
under his belt at that point in time. But I think I think this team still believes in Tony Romo. I think that that there's certainly talent there. The question is, just how long does it hold up? Because it seems like every time he gets driven into the ground, there's going to be something go wrong with with that back. That's that's the thing I wanted to ask you, David. If we're going to compare it, because you know I, I hate this thing when people say someone is injury prone because sometimes it's just bad luck, and I would believe most of the time it's bad luck. But in Tony Romo's case. He's broken his back twice and his clavicle twice. Is that is that right? Am I am I up to date on all of that? Well, yeah. If you go, the, the clavicle was 2010, and then last season, uh, so three clavicle breaks. Three clavicle breaks. 2010, yeah. and if you you go back, I think you have to go back to 2014. Uh, he had a cyst removed from his back. Before that year was over, he had a herniated disc. Uh, that knocked him out of the final game when they had a chance to beat Philadelphia and make the playoff. Uh, and then you had the transverse process fracture uh, nine months after that. And now you have the L1 compression fracture. So that's so five. Four that, back issues. That's a lot of bad But that's five breaks. And I, I five we, bo- broken bones. And I, I bet that leads all of football among quarterbacks. I would bet you that most quarterbacks, when they leave a game, it's for a, a muscle, ligament, tendon issue. With Tony, they're almost all breaks. And there are guys, you know, there are guys, whether it's baseball, you know, in baseball I deal so much with hamstring issues. There are guys who just have soft tissue issues, and that's just, it's just a genetic thing. Prince Fielder's back issue was a genetic thing. It's not a weight-bearing issue because of where it is in the neck. And I think the same thing holds true for Tony. What we're seeing here is that the easy and pretty obvious conclusion is that this guy has a bone structure that may be a little bit more brittle than other people. That's no shot at Tony. That's no, that, that is no... Um, if you're just walking around the street, he'd be fine. Yeah, he, he, but, uh, you know, there, there is such a thing as, as brittle bone, and I don't think he's got brittle bone disorder by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think this is a guy who is a little bit more... Uh, susceptible to that. Susceptible to that. Yeah, and I agree. And that's something, you know, you just look at that... I look at that hit in the game against Seattle, and... You know, he's driven into the ground. and But he's compensating, too. He is compensating for other ailments, for other. Yeah, and, and that always leads to more problems. He's trying to protect himself. And you also, when a lot of times when you try and protect yourself is when you leave yourself most More open. Vulnerable. And, of course, it's, it's the style of play he, he demonstrates as well. We watched, I watched the stats the other night of Jimmy Garoppolo when he came out for the Patriots, and they were showing how quick he got rid of the ball. And as we all know, Tom Brady gets rid of the, of the ball in, like, .5 seconds. It's unbelievable how quick he gets, away, gets rid of it. And now, apparently, that is something that they drill into their quarterbacks. And on the other side of that spectrum is Tony Romo. Mr. I'm going to I'm going to look and look and look and look until I find a guy come open. I'm not even going to throw a timing route. I'm going to wait until he's looking at me and I and I can throw it to him as as which leads you to, to, to throwing as you're getting hit a lot more. Absolutely often. it does. You know those those guys don't and I think it, you know and there's no way you can talk Tony out of that. That's who he is. That's who he's going to be, but it certainly works well for the Patriots. No, but if you extend the play, you also extend the possibility that you're going to get hit as you throw. David, Absolutely. because I'm the responsible one here, I'm looking at the clock, and I know that you have to you have to leave because you have to do some work. Any last thoughts before you go and uh, prowl the halls of the store? Perhaps you'd like to promote uh, the, bo- the no, podcast no, no. for us, David. Da- da- we'll do that when he goes. David, any final thoughts? Well, I know a lot of people, and this is a legitimate discussion, will sit back and look at the injuries Tony Romo has had and say, why won't this guy step away? Uh, Why does he continue to put himself in harm's way? 
every time he's out there under staff now, you have to wonder, is this going to be the play where he gets knocked out again? I, I will say that from what I know of Tony Romo and from discussions I've had with people who have spoken to Tony Romo over the last 48 to 72 hours, that is not in his mindset at the moment whatsoever. I think he poured so much into coming back off of that clavicle injury to play this season. Uh, he was convinced that this was the best his body has felt in, in three to four years during the offseason. All of his focus is on playing this year. He considers this a short-term limited injury. And as he told, as he told uh, Jerry Jones, uh, look, this is a long-term, this is a short-term thing, not long-term. It's not going to linger, and this is not because of age or wear and tear on my body. And I, I will be back. Now, I know people on the outside will say, wait a minute, that's exactly what it is, but Tony Romo is not in that place. Now, at the end of the season, will Tony Romo step back and say, okay, let's look at what has happened to me since 2014. Is the evidence mounting here that, that – it doesn't make sense for me to continue. I believe that is a, a a viable discussion that Tony Romo will have with people close to him once this season is over. But as far as this season, any idea that he would not come back and will not do all he can to come back and be a part of this going forward, I think is completely, is really a non-starter. That is nowhere anywhere in his thought process. I, I, I don't think he steps back. I don't think he steps away until somebody comes to him with a quality of life issue and says, you know, as long as he can perform, he can perform and and until somebody comes to him and says you're going to have a quality of life issue if you continue to play, I don't think he's going to be willing to step away. I think the guy the guy thrives on the competition. He wants to play. We we we've, we've seen him want to get back in games with punctured lungs. For he's he's, he's a warrior. What makes great athletes great is they they don't know when to quit. They he 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 it's it's a boxing it's a boxing thing. Fighters fight until they can't fight anymore. Tony Romo is a fighter. And and he's and he's going to even at, even at the end of the season, he will fight to come back next season. I guarantee. Oh, no question. No question. It'll, and it'll be a fight to convince them otherwise. Right. But I'm just saying that discussion won't even get to the point where it's a discussion until after the season. Uh, that, that's, not, that's not part of the equation right now at all. The equation is, look, I've been told once this heals, I'm going to feel as good as I felt all off season. Why in the world would I consider not coming back at this point? Yeah, I, I, completely, I, I completely agree with you. For anybody to try and have that conversation with Tony Romo in the next six weeks or or at any point in time, I think is, is a pretty pointless conversation. So. Uh, David, we are we are going to let you go. We'd like to I, I, next week. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to just kind of talk to you about being out at the star a little bit. Because from everything I've seen and everything that that um, that, that we read about, it just looks like it's an incredible experience. And I think this is the future of, of where NFL teams go. I know you've alluded to that in the past, but um, I'd like to talk to you and get your first impressions of the place. So let's sure. put that we, on. Well, we, we probably should have talked about Gavin Escobar this week. Maybe the last week he's on the roster. Oh, oh, no! no! Barry! Well, I, I guess next week we'll have the uh, we'll have the, the <laughs> Barry Horn Gavin Escobar retrospective. Yeah. Oh, no. But His greatest hits. D- David, one, one thing before you go. I have a wager with Evan. Jerry Jones on the podcast this year. Yes or no? Will we be able to get him? Will you help me get him on the podcast? 
How, how much did you wager? Uh, you, you can come to dinner with us. Anywhere What's in town. Dinner for me? What? What's dinner for me? You can come to dinner. You and, and Mrs. Moore, uh, the lovely Cheryl, our wives, they, uh, Evan will take us all out to dinner if we get Jerry on. You in? Well, yeah, if we go to a place I like, sure. <laughs> we'll run that by you. David, thank you so much for joining us this week. Go go track down, well, Gary. Evan, 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 do you go to Seattle again this year? Uh, yes, I'm going on Sunday. Okay, I will I will text you. There's a great uh, lunch pasta place there for you that you would love. Does Evan, need, Evan needs pasta. In Pioneer pasta. Square. In Pioneer Square. All right, t- text it to me. I will do. Talk to you later. All right, All right thanks, David. David Moore. He stayed with us two minutes longer than he said he would have. You know, he really didn't have to go. He, did, he just you said know what? that. It was an arbitrary He thing. didn't stay with us because he had to. He stayed with us because you wouldn't let him off the air. You know, you said he's got to go. He's got to go. It's okay, te- one more thing, well, David. It's a technique. I want to say one more thing well, let me just tell you, let me, I count more than everybody else Let me here. just tell you something. It's a, it's a technique. It's a, <laughs> something, it's a rep- reporting technique. You were going to say repertorial, which weren't I, you? Yeah, I could, but I could say. <laughs> but it's a repertorial technique. Which I've learned to use well over over these years. You have David. David was great. I, you know, I was a little worried. I thought with with the being out at the star, it would be a bad connection. But it sounded. Oh yeah, you thought that they would have lousy Wi-Fi out there. At well, the, I don't the know, star? but I, I don't know. I don't know what what the uh, acoustics are out there yet. Yeah. Well, the acoustics. Uh, well, you take your uh, <laughs> decibel meter and go on out there. Maybe I, I, next. Maybe next week you can do a live report. For I, I was I, shocked so, that you did not ask for a more ballsy. Well, I was going to just plugs. tell. Uh, no, I was not going to ask. I'm going to tell Evan. What else do we have today? Why? Why are we getting off so early on the Cowboys? But it's, it's like because, 24 minutes in. No, because no, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll teach Evan. Evan knows exactly where I'm going. No, here. I don't. We haven't <laughs> the, done the intro yet. We haven't done. Oh well, there you go. Why don't we just give away the production? <laughs> well, schedule? because he's—I'm he, he, taking pulling back. I'm pulling back the curtain, Kevin. Oh, don't do that, please, Kevin. I—I I really think. Do you really think there will be a conversation if the Cowboys are? Let's say the Cowboys are four and two, right? And Tony comes, and, and Tony's ready to play. Do you think there will be a legitimate conversation about whether or not you stick with Dak or you go back to Tony? No, I, I think with the question, they won't rush. You know, they're not going to rush him back anyway. Uh, but but Tony, but he'll try and rush. He'll back. try to rush himself back. But they'll say if everything's going well, they'll say Tony, let's 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 be cool about this, and, right. and we're going to make sure you're going to come back and you're going to be the starter. But if they're one and four, they're also going to say hey, no, get back in there, big well, boy. What if they're only, okay? Let's ask this: What if they're zero and six, the Redskins or the Giants or whatever, or five and one, four and eight, and, and it looks like they cannot win the division anymore? Why rush him back at all? Well, that's a good question too, but I think that if if um, when he's ready to come back, I think they will put him out there at least for a game or two, yeah. and if they they lose that game, then they can say, okay, you know, this season is over. We need to preserve your. Well, because here's well here's the other side of that though. If Dak Prescott comes out there and he goes zero and six, do you think they want to keep running him out there? Do you think they want to do that to his psyche? That's say, true too. That you're going to be the but you're going to be the quarterback but of the pre- one and presumably game? presumably there'll be another quarterback here. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that's what happens. I, think, I, I don't think he'll, he'll be zero six. If he's zero and four, they'll have well, Mark I, Sanchez starting. If he goes, listen, I, I, I'm a listen. I, I didn't get to see him play because I was in Rio. So, oh, pardon me. But everything you, you hear about Dak Prescott, I had Ryan, Ryan Lochte look. Did he look good? <laughs> he great in a, in a swimsuit? Uh, did he look good in a swimsuit? I'm not commenting on that. It, 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 look, everything he did was great. But look, everybody knows how vanilla the defenses are in the preseason, and you know everything gets sped up in the regular season. And to, to expect this guy. If, I don't know if people expect him to go out and perform like he has in the preseason. I'd say if he played half as well, 
that would be doing something uh, in, in the regular season. With all the blitzes and all the things he's going to see, I just think it's going to be very difficult. He doesn't – I don't know how much – I know he ran a little bit, uh, but it, it's not like RG3. When RG3 came in and had such a great first season with the Redskins, you know, he was running a lot. He was doing a lot. He was, he was being RG3. And yeah. I don't know that Dak presents that. To me, that's the one thing that he could give you as the, as the starting quarterback now that Tony didn't was that every once in a while he's just going to take off. That's it, dangerous, too, though. It is dangerous. It is dangerous, but he's good, he, he's good at it. He's got the ability he's to do it. He's got the ability to do that. He has the ability to do it in the SEC. We don't know if right. he has the ability to do that. Let me say this. If, you, if you've got the ability to do it in the SEC, oh. you're as well-primed to do it in the NFL as any college program yes, that you could come yes, out Yes, but it's a different and he did it against, It's a different yeah, speed. And he did it against Alabama. Okay, yeah. he did it against Alabama. How many of those Alabama defenders are w- are going to be playing in the NFL? One last, a lot of them. But but they're not. They're still as good as the Alabama defense is. The quality of the de- Alabama defense doesn't match what he's going to go up. I'm not saying that. And I'm the speed. Sa- I'm not saying. I that. just, just say it's a, it was a good primer. I will say this. I think I, I think the Cowboys want Josh McCown. I think they should want Josh McCown to be the backup quarterback. I think if Dak goes out and in the first couple of games really struggles. I think that you'll see uh, the the veteran come in at that point. You think you'd be willing to pull the plug on Dak if you lose the first two games? I think they might. I think it depends on how well. He, I mean, if it's like if it's close and they and you know they were just right there, but they, he couldn't do it. But if they get blown out, uh, if it's if it's embarrassing, if the kid has you know trouble making that adjustment, which I'm saying is certainly a possibility, then I think yeah, they need so to here, go to the So here's to the here's the thing I, I I'd ask you. All right, you're the Giants. You're preparing now for Dak Prescott, right? Absolutely. Do you prepare to do more to try and confuse him, or do you do more to try and gear up to stop the run? Uh, I think you do more to confuse him. I think because it, that. Listen. But if you do that, then you potentially open up the run for with that offensive line for for Zeke and Alfred Morris and those guys to just kind of run wild and 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 that's a best case scenario. Hey, for yeah, the but they're big boys at the Giants. They know how to play defense. They, they can do both. They're not going to just. They're not going to just blitz. They're, they're going. They're going to they look like. Both. They're going to look like a blitz. They're going to come up and act like he's going to. He's going to make an audible to get out of it. Well, it's not a blitz now. Right. It's, it's, to me, that's what's going to happen. It's just going to be confusing. It's not so much the oh my gosh, look at all the pressure. He's got all these guys in his face. Right. It's just all the confusion that's going to be there because of the multiple looks they're going to get and the fact that the guy is a fourth round draft pick. Right. You know he. he you know he, he was. I, I, I like you know, the pick. I thought it was a good pick for them to finally take a quarterback. But who thought he was going to come in and end up be starting game one? You know, I, I do. I will say, though, also that there is there is revisionist history going on right now because we know that how much time the Cowboys spent trying to trade up to get Paxton Lynch, and he was their, he was their target. He was their first pick. And, you know, I guess Stephen right. Jones told reporters this weekend, I don't think our guys would even consider trading for, for, for Lynch right now. Um, yeah, that's a little revision. That's how much we like Prescott. Uh, and, and, and Peter King this morning in his Monday morning quarterback says, uh, watching the preseason so far, I'd take my chances opening day with Dak Prescott over Jared Goff. Okay. Again, I just have to – you just have to caution. It is preseason. Right. And he's looked great. But, but he, everybody he, shows as little as possible defensively in the preseason. But he might be right. more prepared right now than Jared than Goff anyway. But is, we're, we're talking about a quarterback for a career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over so, the long haul, he so, might be he might be a good pick. I, and I, I, like I said, I think he was a good pick. I, I think they certainly a good pick in the fourth round. And and he's done nothing to diminish. No, not at all. And he's looked like a good value pick to this Ab- point. But absolutely, I, I think it's difficult to feel like he's going to carry over what he has done in the preseason 
into the regular season. The defenses do get a lot more complicated. I, w I will say this. Uh, this whole situation uh, does make not only the fact that they picked a quarterback finally, uh, in the four, even if it was in the fourth round, but the fact that they, they took Zeke Elliott in the first round. Because now you need that running game more than ever. Uh, they, we, we said we thought that they well, needed okay, the running so game before because Tony was brittle. Well, now Tony's not in at all. So all now right, you really have to have a running game. What was what was Zeke doing at a marijuana dispensary in Seattle? Were you there? With, were you in Seattle? No. Oh, David was in. Seattle. Have you have you visited marijuana dispensaries in Seattle? No. They're legal, right? Yeah, but they're not in the NFL. Okay. Yeah. Did he buy anything? Don't know. <laughs> no. But it wasn't a good idea. I, it the, wasn't a good idea, but I think this has been blown all out of proportion. Uh, well, I'm sure it has. It's been by, by, by Jerry Jones in particular. Here's a guy who goes out and takes Greg Hardy. doesn't have any problem signing Greg Hardy, but, boy, as soon as he finds out that there's pictures, uh, you know, he's got pictures of, of Greg Hardy's girlfriend, but it, that doesn't bother him. But there's pictures of Zeke Elliott in a marijuana shop. And, oh, my gosh, this is not good. This is not good. This is not good. He's all over himself talking about how bad this situation is. Why? Because this can get you kicked out, uh, you know, of the NFL. Right. This can get you suspended Be if, if you do something. Beating up women can't? Yeah. Well, well they're a little, apparently in the past, not. it hasn't. No, it hasn't. So, that's yeah, that bothers me. But, yeah, it was stupid. It was stupid for him to do it. It you was. Know? It was. He didn't need to be doing something like that. I'm sure he felt like, hey, hey what the heck? I'm out. I'm out. I'm, it's a store. I'm, go, I'm walking in. I just want to see, see what it's like. Well, I will say this, you know, and we've all talked about uh, Ricky Williams and all of that. Uh, and I think things are, obviously, times are changing. If this were 20 years from now, 10 years from now, five years from now, people are going to look back and say, what was the big deal about and I will, that? And I will say this, because we've got this situation right now with Jeremy Jeffries. Yes, we do. He, he was stopped on the DWI charge. There was a green leafy substance in a clear plastic bag found in the car. I think that was just some basil he had. <laughs> yeah. They uh, would go sprinkle on some of his uh, And, and I think part of the reason that he's not currently on the Rangers active roster and is, is remaining on the restricted list is to make sure that the drug tests all come back because uh, he did get a blood test. Make sure that the blood tests come back with nothing above marijuana because marijuana is not a, a suspendable offense in Major League Baseball. In I don't the think minors that, it is. I don't think that most people knew that. When I read that, you had that the other day. I didn't did not know that. And I had to I had to double check myself. But it, it you know, Giovanni Soto two years ago was found you know and stopped and had had possession of marijuana in the car. No suspension. It is not a suspendable offense in Major League Baseball. And I do think that the NFL runs into all kinds of issues. You've got a team in Denver where marijuana dispensaries are legal. You've got a team in Seattle where recreational marijuana dispensaries are are, are legal. It's just, I think that that is going to have to be something that is more collectively bargained by the, by the Players Association going forward. You know, I'm glad you brought this up because this gives us the perfect opportunity <laughs> to tell everybody what other podcasts where to we get have some pot. There. No, <laughs> uh, no, where to get some not pot. Where to get some pod? Pod. Well, I like that. Okay, Evan. What else do we have today? Well, on the podcast, we have uh, Richard Justice from MLB.com, and I want to give him some high, high praise oh. um, for joining this joint. To talk about uh, the American League West and what are you, uh, the Rangers. What are you referring to? Oh, Whoa, wow. Uh, so you can I think get... we're sowing the seeds of some really poor discussion here. All right, bud. That's enough. <laughs> All right. Hey, so thanks, Tommy, in the back. You can get the Ballsy Podcast at B-A-L-L-Z-Y on iTunes, in the iTunes store, Android store, all of them. 
for all I know, you could get it at Urban Legends in Seattle, too. Yeah. I, I don't know. There you go. But That's what Zeke Elliott was looking for. But please subscribe. Please listen. I promise that most of the time it's much better than when Barry interjects himself. Yes. Um, and that's here's the headline I think that for uh, for the transcribers, Gavin Escobar may not be back with the Cowboys. Shut up, Barry. Tommy, can you cue the music because we got a roll. So long, everybody. Oh, we got a roll. I like that. 